Barney Scalzo. Did you find any cool toys under the tree this year? I found the Mackie Onyx Go Mic under mine. Actually, that's not true. It was in my stocking. Because the Onyx Go Mic is tiny, lightweight, compact. It's about the size of one of those ancient Hershey chocolate minis in Aunt Edna's holiday candy bowl. Remember, Aunt Edna? Remember when you were a kid and you got all those gifts? And it's like, which box do I break open first? Well, this big kid chose the Mackie Onyx Go Mic. Why? Because I got a podcast to make, damn it! I popped open the box, boom, read the instructions, bam, downloaded the app, woo! And I was recording in no time. The mic clips onto any part of your body, and I do mean any part. Or you can just set it down right on the table, just make sure Aunt Edna doesn't mistake it for a mini Mr. Goodbar. And here's what I love about the Onyx Go mic. It's practical for professionals like me, who need to record remotely on the fly, but it's also a great starter device for the podcast nerds of tomorrow. It's got some fun voice-changing effects. You can record phone calls and even add reverb and other effects to anything you record. With over 30 years in the industry, Mackie's still making gear that sticks to their original vision, making pro-quality gear that artists, producers, and podcasters are interested in, not because it's expensive, but because it's good. So check out the Onyx Go Mic at Mackie.com. How long does this drivel go on? When people ask me where I live these days, I don't have a clear answer. I don't really live anywhere. I mean, I'm living. I am alive. Somewhere every day. Most nights I sleep on a bed in a house, but it's been a lot of beds in a lot of houses, and none of them are mine. Most of my junk is in a cube in Nashville, Tennessee, and I don't know if that feels better or worse to live this way, but one thing is for sure, I am no longer grounded. For a lot of folks during these strange days, the prospect of staying in one place has become less attractive. People all over my industry are quitting jobs, retiring, making massive career changes. While in the world of podcasting and radio, folks like me who like their jobs and still want to keep them have proven that we can make contributions effectively from wherever we are. So it seems serendipitous to connect with my guest for episode number 116 of the Independent Minded Podcast. That's because country pop singer Hope Blanchard and her husband slash producer Mitch Gowdy don't really live anywhere either. But they've taken that a step further because Hope and Mitch live in a van. And this ain't no Econoline, no VW camper. This van that we sit and talk in on a cloudy Saturday morning in Nashville, this van is a passion project, deliberately planned, inspired by dollars and cents, a mutual desire to advance Hope's career, and maybe just to try something new. Americans were so used to this blueprint of American life, passed on from generation to generation. But even before these crazy times, I've learned that sometimes you gotta burn those plans. Sometimes the world steps in and forces you to make those changes. I didn't go looking for Hope and Mitch. They literally knocked on my door. I'm living in a house in Nashville that they lived in before me, where musical gypsies brought together by circumstance. And I love that about this podcast. It opens doors. Hope, Mitch, and I talk about their love story, how to build a van, balancing their marriage and Hope's music, and how they live together in that van without killing each other. 
Let's kick it off with Youngin' on Fire from the self-titled EP by Hope Blanchard. Then my conversation with Hope and Mitch inside the van, right here on Independent Minded. It's Ronnie Dalzo's amazing podcast. It's Ronnie Dalzo's amazing podcast. He's talking to people who make art and music. He's plugging their projects. He's making them famous. He's helping them out just by making them talk about all the bullshit that they do.
I'm sitting at a little table next to kind of like a legit stove. There's a bed to my right. There's a microwave. There's a table that they've pulled out, which is decoratively adorned with music notes. I think I'm looking at a spice rack and a thermostat. I mean, this is like a house on wheels. As I'm talking to you, I'm looking. There's wallpaper. There's a mirror with lights. There's a little sunroof. I mean, this seems like it was very well thought out. We were just trying to figure out how we could afford to make an album of the quality that we wanted and also pay rent. And there was just no way. So I remember seeing on Pinterest people doing van life. And I brought it up to Mitch thinking, why would he want to live in a van if he's so comfortable in his apartment? And he was hooked. And literally the next day he was on the phone with a bunch of dealerships trying to get a van. Obviously, bands do this all the time. They'll get in a con line and they'll tour, come back to their apartment, their house, and start making another record or just have some downtime until the next tour. It's clear that you wanted to make it as comfortable as possible. It's the two of you together. First of all, how long have you been married? We just celebrated our four years in October. Oh, mazel tov. Happy anniversary. Thank you. <laughs> all right, so how long has this van life been going on? About two years. We did an initial build that was not this nice. It was all plywood just to see if we liked it because we didn't want to like invest all this money in our build and then end up hating it. But we loved it. So just this past summer, we ripped everything out. We redid it a lot nicer. When we initially did it, it's like it's such a foreign concept. We weren't well like ingrained in the nomad lifestyle or anything like that we were just simply trying to dollars and cents make sense of the situation it's like okay nashville is a really expensive town and we want to do music full-time how can we make that possible and then we also took it a step further where we're like if this album were to take off how do we go out on the road also pay that rent come home and sleep in the bed for two or three days and then go back out on the road and so when hope brought the idea to me i had never heard of it and it was just like, well, this makes a lot of sense. And so then once we had tested it and we'd slept in Walmart parking lots and gotten used to it because it was so new to us, it was like, hey, this actually isn't bad. This is really cool. We like it. So it was like, all right, let's uh, actually build this thing out. So that's what we did because it was COVID anyway. So we had time on our hands. So uh, it, it was a blast. And I got to learn how to use a screwdriver, too, so that was that was fun. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I'm pretty proficient at hanging pictures on the wall. I can do some basic carpentry tricks around the house, but how much of this is your handiwork? Is this all your handiwork? Us and my parents are really good at finishing work and making things look beautiful. Ah, my mom is. Yeah, so it was all us. You know, there are, like, van conversion companies that do this, but it's all us and my parents that did it, so... Yeah. You mentioned you got your McDonald's this morning. You put yep. your makeup on. You're basically li- like, where do you shower? Where do you like, do you shower in, in here? There's no shower <laughs> no, in here. No, is there? we never shower ever. <laughs> no. Um, well, I didn't want to we... say anything. But... <laughs> no, we go to Planet Fitness is where we shower most of the time. But we have, there's this thing called a solar shower. It's just like a camping shower. It's a bag. And when you put it on the back doors and open the doors and the sun gets down on it, we mostly do Planet Fitness. So that's like last night after the wedding, we went to Planet Fitness and got our shower so you have a membership which allows you to just go to any planet fitness at any time mm-hmm. that's and, like the wow, most popular right. gym in van life because there are so many locations that you can just go anywhere really now you mentioned van life and i believe that's like become like a popular hashtag on social media have you networked with other van life people yeah we have a couple friends that are doing really well in the community it's really cool we're really excited they do like van life meetups 
where they pick a place and everyone goes and camps together. So. Yeah, I was going to ask if it's like a club of sorts. Kind of, yeah. I'm really excited to get to go to one of those. I think it's uh, important for us to say when we were getting into this, it was those people like on YouTube that we were figuring out how to do this. We had no idea what to do, so I, our gratitude goes out. It's freed up our life, and those people making videos and showing us how do you connect a gas propane stove in a van and make it safe and somebody somewhere had a video on it and so it was all just kind of the same thing as music diy when you're watching the garage band tutorial when you're first getting into it we appreciate those people a lot i maybe shout out divine on the road she's a really really awesome one on instagram we watched a lot of her build and frankly copied a lot of it and we messaged her and let her know that so uh we're not stealing anything here <laughs> have you ever been pulled over and then a cop is like peeked their head in and said, what's going on in this place? Is, yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, last Black Friday, Mitch took me to Ulta to get some new makeup. And we walk out of Ulta and there are so many cop cars surrounding our van. Some guy saw me, fresh makeup, get out of this back of this van. And I guess I looked scared, but I looked scared because he saw in here and I don't like I mean we have our laptops we have stuff in here so I don't really like people knowing that this is a van we live in he must have thought I was getting human trafficked because he <laughs> called the cops our golden retriever lives in here with us so they really? come up to the van and they hear <laughs> like scratching and stuff so it sounded like there was someone back here of it was yeah that's the only time the cops have really been here though shout out to the Franklin police though we, we, I thanked them like a hundred times. I was like, honestly, if this was a real situation where that was the case, we appreciate you pulling us over. Right, and, yeah. But at first it was like, I was so nervous. I'm paranoid, especially when I first got into this because you're just not used to it. You normally have, for some reason, this idea of safety in your home. Like, oh, well, I have a driveway, so therefore I'm safe. There's a door, I'm safe. You right, know? traditional human value system <laughs> that doesn't exist here. I mean, it does, but it's, it's just completely different. Right, every noise I heard outside of the van it's like someone's breaking it someone wants something from us and you find out pretty soon people don't really care that much especially if you do it professionally but i was paranoid for the first few months and so i walk out ulta and i'm like hope there are cops surrounding our vehicle and she's like mitch like chill it was an interesting situation for sure but uh thank you to the franklin police for doing that and thank you for not giving us tickets too that was we yeah, appreciated right that. on uh, you've been together for four years as a married couple two years in this van so half of your marriage has been in this van things might get heated or there might be some controversy every once in a while where do you go to cool off when you're living in a van together Truly, and I swear I'm not just saying this, we really do not fight that much. Before we got married, we were best friends for years. So, like, if we have an argument or whatever, we might be mad at each other for, like, five minutes. But then we just sort of, like, smile at each other and laugh, and we're like, okay, you're cute. Like, we, we wow. truly don't ever really need to cool off. I think the last time we've needed to cool off was probably, like, two years ago when we were still in an apartment. And I thought for sure when we moved into the van with it being such a small space. Right, no escape. Yeah, I was like, oh boy, here we go. Because a lot of people say in van life, like if you're married and you do it, it either makes or breaks your marriage. You can't constantly be fighting and be in this little of a space. And for us, I think it's just made us like closer and... Two years of marriage before this kind of helped because we did have our little like figuring each other out. It's like, okay, when Mitch comes home and he seems annoyed, he's hungry and he needs just like 20 minutes to watch a, a stupid NFL video, not 
because he doesn't like me just because for some reason that's what I do and I sit and watch it and then I'm fine and I'm back to normal so like we've I think set some pretty okay boundaries with each other I'll wake up in the morning and walk into Cracker Barrel sometimes and drink coffee by myself and dink on my iPad for a little while so we we create space and we also don't sit in here all day all because I mean you're sitting there now I don't know a few minutes and it, it can get small for sure so getting out of the van going to Starbucks doing some things I think uh, also helps a lot the pandemic has kind of pulled the curtain back on a lot of relationships as far as people who are independent like to have their space. They need to have a life outside of the relationship for the relationship to thrive in a lot of ways. And people who live in houses or have more than one property or even live in a little apartment but live in a city where they can just roll out and go to a coffee shop, go to the gym, do whatever, go to their jobs, that was normal American life up until the last year and a half. And I think a lot of relationships were tested by the fact that people were on top of each other in a a way that they probably didn't sign up for. Whereas you have kind of embraced that. It can't be much tighter than it is for you guys. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. No, it's true. It's a small space. I think it's what, like 70 square feet? 70, 80, something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's got to be testimony to how much you guys love each other for it to work out. During the van build. There were some testing oh, moments. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. So <laughs> he just not, thought of something. <laughs> yeah. When we were actually building this thing out, you got two by fours, you're uh, putting them up in a van where it's not square, and you're working with your wife, who's awesome, who's very helpful, but you're not mad at her, but you're mad that the screw's not going in the way you want it to. Frustration and abounds. Been, yeah, right? and you yes. bicker back and be like, well, you're, could you grab me this? And it's like, well, that wasn't directed at you but we we had a few uh tussles over the van build but i think that was the hardest part for sure building the thing once we're in it i, I think we've been all right yeah that's really true this has turned into a therapy session yeah. <laughs> we're, we're unlocking some differences <laughs> did you document any of this i mean obviously you said that you learned a lot from other people online who've done this what was your experience doing that obviously some of us overshare on social media but that would be something that i would imagine is part of your story and something you'd probably want to document. Yeah, Hope did an awesome job filming a uh, majority of it. From day one, actually picking up the van we were filming. We haven't fully put that together, but that's the plan. In the next year, we're hoping to be releasing these YouTube videos, but it will not be a how-to. It'll be a lot of how not to. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> stay tuned for that. All right, let's talk about your origin story as a couple. You said you've been best friends forever. For a while. So Mitch was doing the whole artist thing a lot longer than I have. He followed me on Instagram when I was like 13 and I had like a celebrity crush on him because (laughs) in my mind he was famous and I was listening to his music in my bedroom and drawing hearts with his name in my notebook Uh, and he wouldn't talk to me for a while and um, rightfully so. I was 13, 14, <laughs> and he had no idea who I really was, let's be honest. A couple years passed, and we actually started talking. He was teaching me some things about music and stuff. We became best friends, and then things got serious, and he flew out to come see me for Christmas one year, and in February, we were engaged. So it was like Christmas and then February, and that was the first time we met in person. And wow. then we were married in October, so it was pretty quick, but I mean, when you know, you know. And so right after that, we decided to book on down to Nashville, and that's when we got that apartment and started working, started building the van, and 
here we are. So we've now got an EP out, and that was a ton of fun. I like through this relationship, I've learned what I actually love to do because I saw actually Hope's great at it, and she thrives on it and loves it. And it was like, oh, I was forcing some things before, and what I really loved when I came alive was in the studio and writing the songs, going out and playing them. I, I love that aspect of it, but I truly found like I was really happy in the other parts of it. So kind of formed a little bit of a team, and uh, that's how it worked. So you're the producer of this new EP, and you're also Hope's husband. There's a fine line between having to be a producer. I mean, I don't know. I've never, <laughs> I've never produced my wife's music before, so I, <laughs> I, I don't have a basis of comparison, but surely there are other artists out there who share love and also share business and creativity. How do you nurture both relationships at the same time to make sure you're getting the most out of your wife as an artist and also getting the most out of your wife as a wife? I, I've experienced it, but true expertise on this, I, I don't know if I have anything uh, incredible to say. I did co-produce it with a gentleman named Anthony Falcone. And he's awesome. He's an uh, amazing producer, amazing mixer. So I think that helped the dynamic a little bit. He got to work with us. He was there basically the whole time. So it wasn't just me and her going back and forth. But she takes criticism really well. And I think I give it okay. I think I had to learn how to give it a little better at the very beginning when I would just go like, you're flat on that note. And before it would have been like, oh, you know, I started a, a war, but she's really not like that. You know, it was like, you're right. I, I was a little bit on that note. And then I learned how to word that a little bit better. Your bedside manner got a little yeah. improved. And then I also worked on some self-deprecation where it's like, well, I would have been flat on that note too. You know, it took a little bit of humility. All right. That's so, good. Yeah. I, I, kind of a lame answer, but we, we had a few back and forths of like, well, what do you mean? You're not being clear, she would say to me. And it's like, you know what? You're right. I'm not being clear because we know each other really well. So I just expected her to know what I meant. And it's like, well, if this were another artist in the booth, I would be saying this very differently. So uh, it, it was interesting for sure. I don't know if I recommend it or not, but actually it turned out okay. <laughs> and what's your perspective, Hope, being on the other end of things? I mean, at the end of the day, I just want to keep getting better. And I know Mitch has more experience than I do. And I know he loves me, you know, and I love him. So anything he's saying to me, I know he's just saying it to make me better. I'm not really one to get my feelings hurt when someone I love tells me, hey, do this instead, or that sounded horrible. I don't know. I kind of like it. It's kind of a fun challenge for me to be in the booth and have people that I really respect and love try to make me better. Also, we just have been doing this together long enough that it's like, okay, who we are in the studio, we're still married, we still love each other, but it's like, he's trying to get the best finished product out of me. That's not him being like a nurturing, loving husband, although he is. When we're in there, we're paying to be in there. That's our time to like get stuff done. He can be sweet and nice when we come back to the van or when we're just being married. So this EP, I believe, has five songs on it. I want to talk about one of the songs we're going to play at the end of the podcast called Daddy's Issues. For sure. I don't know if you want to get too deep down the rabbit hole with me on this. I like to talk about sure, yeah, the I'm process. A lot of my music is very personal. It's kind of a hard-on-your-sleeve sort of situation. What's that like for you with that particular song? It seems to be a personal song. I wrote that with my friend Sarah Spencer. And actually, that was my first time meeting her, was that co-write. And it was a pretty deep song to write, your first co-write. I've always been like super open about that. I feel like it's something that, unfortunately, a lot of people go through is being with a single parent or their dad 
didn't want them or things just didn't work out. I did write it about my situation personally, but I also have a bunch of friends that have been through the same thing. And I was like, hmm, I don't think this has been done before where it's like, those are daddy's issues. You know, you hear the stereotypical like, oh, she's got daddy issues. And I was just thinking one day, I was like, how lucky am I to have people in my life and have my stepdad and stuff so that like, I don't have those stereotypical issues. You know, if you do have those issues, that's fine. But, like, I just felt really lucky one day. I got to thinking about it, and I was like, he's the one that can't do this. He's the one that has this issue. It's not me. Those are daddy's issues. And so that's where the song came from, really. It's amazing how one letter makes all the difference in the world, right? I, I didn't yeah. even think of that daddy issues versus daddy's issues. And an apostrophe. Oh, stop it. Yeah, yeah I, I, you know, <laughs> people get it. Oh, okay. I mean, is daddy's plural is a thing? Yeah, I guess it could be like more than one daddy would be daddy's. That's a completely different song. I, I opened up a can of worms. <laughs> grammar, everyone, grammar. Daddy's issues with no apostrophe, that's something completely different. <laughs> You're living in a van, which, you got something for me? Or are you getting... uh, I was going to ask you a question, but I'll wait. You're going to ask me a question <laughs> yeah, on my is podcast? Is it okay to throw a, throw a question at the interview? Yeah, sure, of course. What do you got? Well, so you're you're running independent-minded podcasts, and you've talked to a lot of independent musicians. Sure. Uh, this is your first van that's been converted that you're sitting in, is that right? Yes. What are your initial impressions? What do you, what do you think about this? Because we haven't seen it from a fresh pair of eyes i mean jealousy is really the first thing i think of is i mean it's interesting to be talking to you the two of you during this time in my life because i am as close to living a gypsy life you know i've been a homeowner i've i lived in new york for decades before i i was in dc and this is incredibly impressive because you're not doing it half-assed i don't have any basis of comparison because again this is the only pimped out van i've ever been in but if this is how you're going to do it and you're going to commit to it, then it seems like you're doing it right. A plus. A plus, guys. Well, well, thank you. I'm excited to advocate for it a little bit because it has provided us a lot of freedom. I think this makes sense for a lot of people. Like, my parents don't get it to this day. They they think this is insane. Really? They Oh, yeah. But the, they're very supportive. I want to make sure because they'll be listening to They're supportive to this. of their crazy son. Yeah, but, uh, you know, to them, it's just very different. You know, it's like, well, wh- why aren't you working 40 hours a week at a job and doing this thing? Like, this doesn't make any sense. But um, I think a lot of musicians could find the freedom they're looking for and create better art. And I think that's the biggest thing is it's like you'll have the freedom to focus more on your craft and do better stuff there's also the days when it's storming and you're stuck in a 60 square foot place and you can't move you know sure Uh, but cool that's cool getting your thoughts on it what am i missing is there anything from the old world that either of you miss by doing what you're doing right now yes for sure you have to think about the trade-off though so it's like do i want a toilet that flushes Especially when you're sick or something like that. Yes, I do. Yeah, you sure do. Um, but then the trade-off is, do you want the ability to have maybe 20 more hours in your week because your rent payment's a car payment? Or if you're lucky enough, you paid for it outright and you literally are paying taxes you know, and gas. So when you say with the trade-off, no, I really don't miss anything. Um, but the reality of the situation for sure yeah i mean plumbing's a big one the ability so two songwriters in the same van it's a little bit difficult if i'm writing a hard rock song back here and she's up there writing some sappy taylor swift song the vibe is a little weird because you're in the same room you know there's 
there's things, but overall it's like, if you can figure out how to craft in your mind, it's like, okay, I need better Wi-Fi. We have a cell booster. It does really good. But if I'm uploading a video to YouTube, that's, you know, five gigabytes. It's going to take a long time. Sure. Um, so it's like, well, go get a drink at Starbucks. It costs $3. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like you can start getting crafty. And There's always out. a workaround. No doubt about it. So what are meals like here? I mean, we're sitting basically in the dining area and the kitchen at the yeah. same time. <laughs> the uh, every area. The kining area. Like, I like to make tacos on Tuesday night, you know, and my roommate is in there, like, cutting up the onions and the and the tomatoes, and we got music on, and it's a, it's a good old-fashioned bromance Tuesday night, Taco <laughs> Tuesday. What are meals like here in the van? Pretty much the same. We had an oven in our first build, but we, like, never really used it that much, so we just switched to just the stovetop. Um, we have some pots and pans in The, the oven was too excessive for the right two there. of you. Yeah. We <laughs> it was excess <laughs> baggage. We don't need an oven. <laughs> Who needs an oven? Yeah, no. So um, we have some pots and pans right under there. And the mini fridge has taken some getting used to. That's new in this build. We had like a big fridge last time. But it also took up a lot of space. Of course. So yeah. it's like, okay, would I rather go grocery shopping a little bit more and have more sp- more living space for us and our dog? I like to cook at my old apartment and then also when I'm at my parents house I love to cook you have two burners right there I also uh, have an instant pot in here so we have AC power you don't want to use that too much because you'll run out of juice but what can I not cook in here there's going to be some things if you're a master chef but for your day-to-day person taco tuesday still a possibility yeah we don't get too too fancy with it i think in our freezer right now we have some like freezer meals for <laughs> i was gonna say how's your diet been in, in the van <laughs> you feel like you're getting the right nutrients living in the van or, or or you feel like your diet is suffering if that matters to you at all um truthfully our diet is always suffering whether we're in a van <laughs> or not we're so bad we love mcdonald's we love Oh, it's something we're truly trying to change, but it's not like it got any worse moving yeah. into the van. It's just kind of what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing as living in an apartment. If you wake up 30 minutes late and you're running behind, you put a hot pocket in the microwave and you run it or, or a pop tart in the toaster. It's the same deal here. It's like you can make a healthy breakfast or you can be dumb like we were and didn't get up on time and grab McDonald's. I think it's the same thing. You know, some people prioritize like diet and stuff. And so they'll they'll build it that way. They'll have like hanging baskets for their farmer's market. Yeah, yeah, mushrooms and stuff like that. I'd love to get there someday, but we're just not really that way. You're... <laughs> I feel like a lot of van lifers are super healthy and they love organic and things like that. And that's so awesome. I hope that we get to that point. But yeah, we definitely like McDonald's. I mean, your love for McDonald's has nothing to do with, uh, with the van life, it doesn't sound. <laughs> So what's the long-term plan here? Have you thought down the road? Are you just living in the moment of this? Is there a five-year plan? Is there a plan to get out of this van at some point and settle down somewhere? Tell me more about your aspirations beyond what we're doing right now. We have a video when we first started building the van and we were getting towards the end where Hope was crying pretty hysterically. I was like, what is wrong? And she's like, the problem is, is I know I'm never going to convince you to get a home ever again. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you will never go back into an apartment and a home and want to have a normal life because I just know you're excited. I can tell in your eyes. So that that's one thing. So are they happy tears? or? <laughs> um, A little bit of both. So like I had a lot of things that I had to get rid of 
Well, I didn't have to, but I wanted to do this, so yeah, I You're had a woman. To. Where's all your clothes? Yeah, for real. Over in the overhead cabinets, and I have a few totes at some friends' houses. <laughs> I had a bunch of shoes that I had to get rid of and like decorations and stuff that's just how I am I'm very girly girl I have a lot of outfits a lot of shoes and stuff so that's truthfully why I was like crying because I was like oh my god all these decorations I'm gonna have to get rid of my decorations she wasn't crying over you Mitch she was crying over the shoes yeah no (laughs) (laughs) yeah Mitch is just very like when he gets his mind set on something it's happening so it was kind of like a oh no moment because it's like I bring it up once once I say I've seen this thing called van life and he like darts inside and starts googling it and was on the phone with dealerships and I'm like okay this just went from an idea to like we are doing it because he takes action very quickly have you ever seen schoolies no people take school buses and do this and yeah you have a lot more room we like the ability to be a little bit uh what's the word stealthy yeah like we can kind of park anywhere at any point on a residential road but schoolies are way bigger so you know maybe we'll end up with a schoolie and we have a dream of having a homestead now that's something new in our mind that someday sometime we may want to buy a plot of land a few acres and not put a home on it but maybe do a pull-up deck so we can pull our van up to the deck and then maybe have like a finished sauna on the property and a studio which that's just dreaming but yeah so yeah you adult right well this was just dreaming and and look look what happened now plus hope will have a place to keep her shoes yeah in the sauna (laughs) no i'll need like my own storage shed (gasps) we can make like a closet for me oh Oh, i love this you guys are you just spitballing now The new EP is self-titled, Hope Blanchard. Thank you very much. Mitch Gowdy, the man behind the magic. We just did a fist bump on the podcast. Thank you so much for having us. This is our first podcast, so we're super excited oh, wow. about we're it. pioneering all the way around. All right, guys, thanks so much. Thanks, man. Can't hold a job, will never settle down. Find the bottom of the bottle, then another round. Wind up alone. Pushed everyone away, but I'm not worried. No, I'm doing okay.
The song is called Daddy's Issues by Hope Blanchard. Earlier in the podcast, we heard Young and on Fire. Find out more here, the new EP at HopeBlanchard.com. And you can follow Hope on social media at Hope Blanchard Music. Big thanks to Hope and Mitch for the great conversation and the mobile hospitality. Subscribe to Independent Minded. Listen to all the episodes. Leave a glowing review. You can listen everywhere nerds listen to podcasts or go right to the source, baldfreak.com slash podcast. And hey, thanks for being here. Yeah, I could do it without you, but it feels nice to share the experience. You can always get in touch at ron at baldfreak.com. Finally, thanks to the fine folks at Mackie and their live sound and recording gear. They offer affordable products for everyone from beginners to the Ron Scalzers of the world. And like the Ron Scalzers of the world, they don't sacrifice reliability or performance. If you know what I mean. Mackie! Because good pro audio gear isn't just for deep pockets, huge production companies, and fancy studios. It's for middle-class mooks just like you and me. Next time on Independent Minded, I hang with Jeff and Jake from the Virginia-based indie rock band Illiterate Light at Brooklyn Bowl in Nashville. Brooklyn in Nashville? Makes perfect sense to me. 